brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Safe Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is not likely to get stuck in your head, but might get stuck in your heart. It's Sif Pop. Aww. <laughs> Tears. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every weekend or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Oh, the pain. I'm Aaron Dicer. He's my grandiose and groovy co-host, Andrew Ormsby. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good. Good. I'm, good. Ready I'm to... excited. We're going to talk some Legos. Yeah. I'm stoked. You know, this is one of the movies I was most excited for. for oh, for year. sure. Yeah, the first one's so good, and Lego Batman was good, so we're excited to chat about that. Did you play with Legos a lot as a kid? Like, oh, did you do a lot yeah. of building? Like, would you consider yourself a master builder? Not a master builder, okay. just a builder. Like, I would... Like an apprentice builder? Uh, you're, how about... You're an, building towards being a builder? Yeah, what's right above or below... Uh, pro amateur i'm an amateur builder an amateur builder yeah okay a building hobbyist uh, okay i like it um yeah. i did not really play with legos a lot oh okay growing up i did some of the sets sometimes you know where you could buy the set that made a certain thing yeah because that that felt to me like purposeful like mm-hmm. i've got this thing and i'm gonna follow instructions and i'm gonna build it you know just having a bunch of legos and then using what do you call it imagination <laughs> is that the thing yeah it's just i don't know i was a little weird like that see i would buy the sets i would build the thing i'm like yay i did it then i would take it apart and then i would use all those parts to build like landscapes to play with my other toys on the the sets that i created for a oh so, yeah. nice that makes yeah. a lot of sense did they look like mountains? I mean, they went up, but I mean, they were <laughs> the like... The top was sil- higher than the base. Yeah, they were silver and black. Color coordination was not my strong suit. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, Play-Doh was my creative method of choice. Play-Doh, I fe- felt like you could mold into anything. 
that you wanted. Legos were just a little, you know, a little blocky for me. Yeah, too Minecrafty. Yeah, yes. I didn't. I did not consider myself a blockhead. Yeah, you know. I got you. Is that what Minecraft people call themselves? Blockheads. They yeah. should, right? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like it. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to have a blast talking about a lot of movie stuff. Before we get into it, just a reminder: Sif Pop is shifting and changing and having a lot of fun doing it it is no longer just a podcast it is a media brand at sifpop.com the new website is still being built in the background but we have a temporary website up at sifpop.com mostly there you can find a lot of my old year movie friend reviews Uh, but stuff will start popping up there soon Uh, so thank you for making that possible now i know i turned off all my alarms why is it doing that (laughs) um well you know phones minds of their own yeah uh so yeah so we've got that going on at sifpop.com we've got some fun stuff coming up in the podcast we've got some fun stuff coming up on the website it's going to be a good time so we appreciate you hanging out with us and doing all that kind of fun stuff including live video that uh, we're going to start testing if you want to be part of the test group to watch sifpop as we record this uh, all you got to do is email us at feedback at sifpop.com and we'll add your email address to the beta testers who are testing the live video with us. So uh, if you want to be part of that crew, again, just email us feedback at sifpop.com. So we've got the usual stuff. Of course, we've got buried treasure at the end. We've got a fun Sif quest we're going to go on. We're going to do a BEC today, our best ever challenge on cult classics. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, we'll review Lego Movie 2, the second part. Uh, but we like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week. I scour the internet to find <laughs> nice. out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, Aaron, follow me here. Uh-huh. Kevin Feige and Marvel are dropping bombs for everybody right now. Three things. Now, I'm going to list three of them. Okay. You have to pick one for us to talk about. Oh, so this is like extreme do we care. This is like, well, well, which one do you care other, the most there's about? There's two other topics uh-huh. but of these first three, which are, is the one you're right. going to want to talk about. Yeah, which one do I care most about? Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right. So these are all Marvel related. Fox Marvel properties are now put on hold while the transition is fully, what is it? When the transition comes to fruition. Yeah, it's supposed to happen this spring at some point. Like, I think I last I heard was March. Yeah. March or April. Well, so. I guess it's getting pushed back a little bit, meaning that we may have to wait a while before, like, production can even start on, oh, like, sure. Deadpool or Disney Pool, right. whatever but you want to call it. but everything's on hold. Yes. Okay, that's number one. Yes. James Gunn will not be directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We know that. Yeah. But they are using his script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And number so that's three, number two. Okay, yeah. Disney Pool will be the first official R-rated Disney movie. Hmm. Disney pool. You mean Deadpool when it's on Disney? Yes. Okay, we're calling it Disney pool now? Yes. Just Dispool for short? Yeah, Dispool. Okay. okay. Dispool. Um, I think the first one is the, the one I care most to talk about. Fox Marvel properties? Yeah, because I I don't know. I think the uh, the ratings thing just doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't mean that much to me. It's just... It's basing something on this MPA group that, you know, I don't, I don't know. Who knows what they're doing, what their motives are. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the idea that everything's on hold while we're waiting to figure out how the Disney Fox merger goes through, mm-hmm. I find fascinating. I find all that stuff fascinating. I find the, 
it, the Disney Plus streaming service, how that's going to interact with Hulu since Disney will own Hulu, what that's going to be like. I find all that interesting once they you know merge with Fox. I find the, the X-Men stuff really interesting, like what's going to happen with that property. You know, the Marvel stuff all of a sudden becomes different. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's where I what I care about most. How do you feel about it? Uh, same. Yeah. Um, it makes me curious because I realized the other day how many things Disney is getting out of Fox. Yeah. Like, uh, they're not only getting Marvel and all that stuff, they're getting alien and predator. They're getting avatar. Yeah. They're getting avatar. It's crazy how much stuff they're getting. By the way, uh, this isn't do we care, but every single, all five scripts or four scripts, I should say for avatar are done. I just need to film them now. Yeah, and I know he he said that the titles that were leaked were actually the working titles, so they aren't official necessarily, but that's what they were going on. Yeah. So, by the way, I rewatched uh, Future Man, the James Cameron episode. Yeah, I think that's my favorite episode of the it first good. season. It is good. Yeah. You rewatched an episode of the first season instead of watching the second season. I've seen seven episodes of the new season. Well, just finish it off, man. I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm doing this. This is why I stopped watching it. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anything so, else with the Fox merger that piques your interest? Well, again, stuff that we've already said, like, I'm excited to see what Disney can do with Fantastic Four, you yeah, know, because sure. that's another property that's never been done right. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, I agree-ish. The first one I think is a fine movie, but, you know, it's not great nah. by any stretch of the imagination. Well, official, like, MCU movies, they have a feel to them, and... It's just nothing that I've seen from the X-Men universe or Fantastic Four feels like it would fl- uh, smoothly transition into the MCU. So I'm assuming they're going to start from scratch, yeah. re- recasting everything figure it out. for a... Yeah. The only person I'm pretty sure they're not going to recast is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Think yeah. about it. He's the only one they're not recasting. You know, it's interesting, though. Um, the idea that... Uh, you, you know this is... No, no it's not going to happen. I just realized because uh, Chris Evans has said he's done playing Captain America. And that's not a spoiler for Infinity. That's just what he said. Like, he doesn't want to play Captain America for the rest of his life. Yeah. But I was saying if he, you know, could hold on just a little bit and interact with the Fantastic Four and have that moment where he talks to the character he used to play in the old Fantastic Four movies, that would be funny. I don't know. I thought that'd be a a little hilarious in-joke. Flame on. That's right. (laughs) Number two? Yeah, bring it. All right. Number two in the Do We Care World War Z sequel is officially undead or is not officially undead? It's dead. <laughs> it's back. It's dead. So Brad Pitt's long locks and tactical schmock will have to find somewhere else, some other ap- apocalyptic setting to intensely brood. Uh, yeah. I, I was looking forward to that. I don't. I think World War Z is fine. I like it. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. And it's a great world to explore. You know, speed mm-hmm. dummies, zombies are interesting, man. Oh, yeah. Like. It's like a hive mind, you know? Mm-hmm. There's just this yeah. flood of Zombonies. Yeah. Oh, I, that's what I really want. I want a Zomboni movie. A, a, zom- a hockey zombie yeah, movie? Yeah, undead Zambonies. <laughs> Zomboni. That has to exist somewhere. If not, I'm I'm capitalizing on it. Yeah. I'm going to trademark that. They, they ride around on zom- <laughs> zombo- uh, z- Zombonies? No. Yeah. Uh, what are they? Zombonies. No. What's the name of the vehicle? Yeah, Zamboni. Zambonis. Yeah. Not Zambonis. No, no. But the Zambonis are the dead Zambonis yes. that have come back to life. Yeah. Do they do they play old trombonis? Oh, <laughs> look at that. Uh, number three. Sure, bring it on. Oscars. Officially no host. Yeah. What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm right here, man. 
You know, like just give me a call. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't got anything to lose. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm only half. I mean, I'm I'm obviously nobody cares about me, but I'm only half kidding in having somebody who's unknown do it. Just you know, tap somebody who's a, a you know a cool, a calm news guy from a local station, and you know. Sacramento or something. You know, understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, the weather guy from Sacramento. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, there are there are so many talented people out there who nobody's ever heard of, and they would love to do it. If you look in this cluster over here, you're going to see many, many supporting actor nominations. <laughs> but I think that this coal front heading from the special effects is really going to affect. Yeah, that. I think that's going to push in and move all that out to the side. Yeah. So you you work in the news, you know how all that stuff works. Yeah, man. There are talented people over there. There are tons of talented people who nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. They would love to, you know, do that. And and it would be great because the expectations would be nothing. You know, as it is, you're just gonna go without a host and then it's all on the producer to make it interesting. And the yeah. last time they did that, it was complete chaos and train wreck and who was you know. when was this so this was i think in the 80s maybe mm. i remember there was a a um an opening number that is now just gone down as the worst thing ever in oscar history where it was like snow white like came in and sang with different people and introduced different things and but it wasn't Snow White because Disney owns Snow White but it was yeah. you know but it was Snow White and it yeah. was it was just really bad so oh, wow. it's notoriously bad you should YouTube it it's- uh, I love watching bad things <laughs> but luckily we still get to hear politically preaching acceptance speeches <laughs> and that's yes, my absolute favorite thing from the Oscars that's not going anywhere no. Um. Uh, yeah. For a while there, they were going to get rid of the songs, and then they're like, "Well, we'll do shallows and one of the other songs." And then they're like, "Oh, we'll bring them all back." Yeah. So like, you can't just say we're bringing back shallows. I mean, what if shallows doesn't win? Well, I'm super happy because I can't wait to see Tim Blake Nelson sing uh, the song from uh, Buster Scruggs uh, on the award show. Is he actually going to be the one singing? It? I hope so. That's that's going to be pretty great. I really hope so. That would be amazing. Yep. That's going to wrap it up. Do care. Very nice. Uh, let's get into the reviewing. We're going to talk a little bit about Lego Movie 2. The second part. Times have changed. You need to change with them. We have to be tough and battle ready. Look, a shooting star. Make a wish. <gasps> oh, no. Run! Ah! Hurry! The door is slowly closing. The pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? Wait. See, that wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. Ah, something got in. The citizens of Bricksburg, or Ixburg if you like, face a dangerous new threat when Lego Duplo invaders from outer space start to wreck everything in their path. The battle to defeat the enemy and restore harmony to the Lego universe takes Emmett, Lucy, Batman, and the rest of their friends to faraway, unexplored worlds that test their courage. And creativity. It is the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Um, We are both huge fans of the original Lego Movie for Mm -hmm. many, many reasons. That comes with a lot of expectations. It comes with, you know, a high bar to cross. uh, Not easy to do. Uh, So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about whether this movie succeeds, whether it's a fun watch. So did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay, Andrew? Low side of loved it. Low side of loved it? Yeah, really. Your whole... (laughs) 
Your whole demeanor when you started that yeah, sentence was like, was yeah, I thought you were going to say you hated it. Yeah, low well, side. Well, low loved side. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it, I have issues with this movie, but yeah, there's still enough amazing or slash awesome in the movie. Yeah, just not, not everything. Not everything, not is, everything awesome. is awesome in this movie. Yeah. Um, I am just below you. I'm on the high side of liked it. Okay. Um, maybe even medium side of liked it. I think there's enough wrong uh, here that it's hard for me to get super excited about this movie in the same way I was super excited about Lego movie. And I understand that, again, that's a high bar. Those are hard expectations to live up to. It's one of the best animated movies ever. It really so. is. And if and I will say this before we get in, we will not spoil Lego Movie 2 here in the main podcast. We will have a spoiler, a sift spoil in your feed if you want to hear spoiler talk uh, on it. But please know we will be spoiling the Lego Movie when we talk about this. I don't know yes. that there's really a lot of way um, to even talk about much of what we want to talk about without spoiling at least the Lego Movie. Because one of the amazing things about the Lego Movie is its ending where we realize we're not just watching a story told by Legos. Yeah. We're watching a story told by humans with Legos. And that revelation is both interesting, clever, and meaningful, right? And that is the thing that made the took the Lego movie from being, oh, this is a super fun, you know, kids movie that's interesting. Like I like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is the example that pops to my mind. What a super fun, interesting kids movie. But it's just a super fun, interesting kids movie. There's not that extra level of, oh, that's cool. That, you know, that's deep. I understand what's going on here, you know. So because that's in the Lego movie, my main concern going into this was, are they going to feel like they have to try to do that again? And I think they did try to do that again. And I think it just it becomes so transparent and so um, forced even in places that it really brings the movie down for me and is the reason I can't love it. Love it. I got um, you. But there's plenty to like. You know, there's plenty to love in this movie. Oh, easily. This is a hilarious movie. Yeah, it's really funny. Oh, man. Uh, with uh, Man, there's just so many parts I can't wait to talk about in spoilers. Like, oh, this part here was so funny. I was crying. I was yeah. laughing so hard, you know. Um it felt like a really easy transition back into this world. It didn't feel like uh, I was, you know, being forced back in this. The, the everything is different. Everything, everything is not awesome, but still, the way that the movie starts and you know gets you back into it is pretty easy. Like I wanted to get back into it, and they didn't like make it difficult for me. Right. Um, there's some interesting things happening in this movie. I will say I'm starting off with a con. There's too much in this movie. Mm -hmm. There's way too much. There's too many twists and transitions and too many uh, messages that yeah. this movie's trying to give you. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think what made the first one work was the fact that it was a simple uh, film, but it was smart in its simplicity. Right. Whereas this one's trying to be smart saying a lot of things mm -hmm. as opposed to just one simple thing you know one powerful thing yeah it's trying to say a lot of things and it just made it a little too much for me but the characters are lovable emma is just one of the most lovable characters yeah of all time yeah and the way that chris pratt brings him to life is just oh you just want to hug him you yeah. know I think the characters in this, it's great to see them. It's great to hear from them again. 
um, you know, Wild Style is is back, and Will you know, Arnett is Batman, and Will Arnett is Batman is just on fire. No, he did not. <laughs> um, what about the new characters? I thought that was a plus in the movie. I actually really liked um, Queen Whatever I Wanna Be. Yeah, yeah, I liked her and General Mayhem. Um, and By the Rex. way, General Mayhem is Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, and of course, um, Tiffany Haddish. Yes, is uh, the princess and it's queen, whatever wannabe. Yeah, I, I, I really thought what they added to this world was interesting and fun on its own. And when you talk about the complexity that they, that I feel like they kind of forced into what was going on, um, there's, I really believe there's a simple path through this movie that could have been just as good if instead of it instead of it feeling like it had to be a reveal it just was here's the setup here's the movie you know here's the result do you understand what i'm saying i'm trying yeah. not to be very spoilery but yeah. i think there's a simple journey through this story that allows us the understanding of what's going on which we can put together easily anyway it's not like the movie's trying to hide it very well yeah so just go ahead and present it on just put it on the screen and then let us experience the beauty of the story and then the resolution of what you've put on the screen. Yeah. Um, I know that's a little abstract, but I'm just saying there's a different... If, you, if you've seen the movie, you understand. Well, if there's a, there's a different way through... What I'm saying is there's a different way through this movie that I think is simpler and more meaningful. Yes. And, totally agree. And I, I think they just felt handcuffed by their own structure of the first movie uh, in a really strange way. I could see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. That makes sense. What else did you like? Uh, there's, uh, the one thing that the, one of the most exciting things about the first Lego movie is the different scenery, you know, and stuff like that. The way they play with scenery and the way that, you know, they use a combination of stop motion animation mm -hmm. as well as, you know, actual 3D animation and just the way that, you know, the bricks are moving and everything like that. They did it really good in the first one. I think they do it even better here. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. I really do think the movie is beautiful. I thought, I love the animation. I said this about the first movie, and this does carry over 100%. They have invented an animation style, yeah. and it's amazing, you know? And they own it. They own an animation style. Think about that for a second. And I think I've talked about this before. It's not like, you know, when Pixar did computer generated stuff and, you know, they didn't own that. Yeah. I mean, you could say, quote unquote, they own it. But you know what I mean? Like other people can do it. But with Legos, nobody else can do this. Yeah. They own it. Like literally own the trademark on it. So like that's that's kind of mind blowing to me. Um, and it's just the only place I have to go to see this kind of animation is to Warner Brothers for the Lego movies. And I'm glad they're doing it because it's yeah. great. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. The other thing that I really loved again is the music. I think the songs in this are great. Um, I They're purposeful. Yeah. This one, without getting too spoilerish, is more of a musical than the first one is. I totally agree. I was going to say that. Yeah. The songs actually inform the plot. Yeah. In a, in a really interesting way. Um, it has its, you know, its new center song. Uh, there's a take on the everything is awesome song. That's great. <laughs> there's a, um, there's a, the, I guess we'll have to wait to spoilers to really talk about it, but there's a set piece with the princess where she's, you know, um, talking about her character that is hilarious and yeah. interesting and funny. The over the credits song 
is great and brilliant and hilarious. He's actually talking about credits. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I think it's a Lonely Island. It guy, is a Lonely it? Island. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I felt like the music throughout was um, even better than the first one because of how purposeful and fun it was. Like, it's a soundtrack I really want to listen to. Oh, yeah. And the first one had that a little bit, but it was mostly just because of Everything is Awesome. Yeah. But this one has several songs that I, I kind of want to check out again. Mm-hmm. So I really like that, too. Another thing I really like, and it's just, you know, fun. It's a fun thing that Warner Brothers has been able to do with this is if there's a character from, you know, the real world that they've Legoized, they get the actual person to be. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, yeah. yeah. And the fact that they're able to do that and they can kind of make fun of themselves, you know? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. There's one in particular that what just made my day that that cameo exists. I can't wait to talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. Um some of the DC stuff is interesting. There's a Marvel line in this movie that is really hilarious. Yeah, Marvel <laughs> Returner calls. <laughs> um so yeah, there's there's just a real understanding of, you know, pop What's and what's beautiful about it is it doesn't detract from the overall um, experience in ways it might in other movies for me, because it is part of a um, and you know a universe where those are economy toys. You know what I mean? They're, it's like they're not their references to this stuff is real because it takes place in our world. Yeah, you know, so it's it's fascinating to be in that way, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, any other negatives you wanted to mention? No, I I love this movie. I really do. But I do have, I had those issues with it. It's still my number one movie of the year so far. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for more out there. And I'm excited for a third Lego movie. I think I'm more excited for the third even than for the second, just because I think they kind of have gotten that space from the first one now that, hey. they, can, that they can find, they can find out you know, how to structure the movie so that it suits the movie yeah. and not necessarily the expectations. Yeah. And I feel like that's how this movie suffers the most is because they made it to suit the expectations more than they made it to suit the movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think number three should be awesome. They can keep making, making Lego movies forever. As, forever, as long as they want. Yeah. Um, the reason why I didn't mention too many pros is because so many of my pros are moments, and they're going to have to wait for spoilers. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, I think that's a big recommend from both of us. Oh, yeah. Even though I'm the, you know, the negatives probably weighed a little heavier on me than you. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like we kind of felt pretty much the same. Yeah. So it's definitely a fun watch. Is it a rewatch for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll watch it again for sure. Yeah. Um, if for no other reason than the humor in the songs. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, it's just a fun experience. It's a fun watch. So there you go. Lego Movie 2. Fun watch. Aaron Dicer approved. <laughs> That's going to be my pull quote on the, on the box. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Dicer, Dicer says, it's a fun watch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our best ever challenge yep. this week. We're going to do cult classics. Would you consider the original Lego movie a cult classic? So I have the official definition for a cult classic here. Yes. Please help me out because there's lots of ways to figure this out. I may have some that I've picked that aren't technically yeah. cult classics. So let's see. A cult classic movie is known for its dedicated, passionate fan base. Yes. And a subculture that engages in repeated viewings quoting dialogue mm-hmm. and audience participation mm-hmm. I th- yeah i think all of these well almost all of these would work with that yeah yeah i think i'm good i think that's right i think that's a good definition of cult classic so well, by that you, definition would you consider lego movie a cult classic you could it's close yeah yeah 
there's a there's a lot of quotable lines in it. I think give it more time and it could definitely be. That's true. Be a it's only quest. a couple of years yeah. old, so there is that. I got seven. I got um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've got my uh, I've got my top five. Okay, and then some honorable mentions. Nice. Um, do you want to start with your number five, or do you want me to start with my number five? You start with your number five. My number five cult classic, best ever, is Napoleon Dynamite. That's a cult classic, right? It is right? a cult classic. That is definitely one. I will never yeah. forget. I actually saw this in theaters <laughs> with four of my friends, um, or with three of my friends, and we went and saw this movie, had no idea what to expect. Two of us were dying the entire time. Like, just it, thought it was hilarious and funny. And the other two were just, like, staring at us like we were aliens. Like, what is going on here? Uh, and that, to me, is kind of what happens with cult classics, right? There's a resonance to it that some people get, and some people don't, and some people can tune into, and some people can't. And yeah. that's fine. But with Napoleon Dynamite, I just, I found... Uh, is, is it the he uh, Header Brothers? Um, Did they also do Nacho Libre? Yes. I love Nacho yeah. Libre so much. Um, it's either Hater or Header. It may be Hater. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I find their sensibility to be so on, just on this wavelength of weird and interesting. And uh, I just, I just, you know, I thought the whole thing was great, and there's so many quotable lines. Your and mom goes to college. Yeah, yeah. I love technology. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lots of great stuff there. So Always no. and forever. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite will be my number five. Number five, Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah. I had it. I have it. Um, no, actually, you know what? I didn't. I did not think it was a cult classic. Okay. But I. But I get the qualification. I like it crossed my mind, and then I was like, eh, "Is it?" So I didn't include it in a mine. A loyal but fan base. True, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't. It's not like one of those like. It's quotable. You go like everybody. You know. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably the right. only thing that we'll I don't think it would qualify audience participation. Yeah. Unless you know the audience <laughs> is actually in a fight club, which right. they exist. <laughs> You know, Shh, we don't talk about that, Andrew. No, I, that's I, like that's like the first rule and the second rule. You just you don't talk about it. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly they exist. Uh, it's a great film. Yeah. If I had included, it certainly would have made my top five. Yeah. Um, everybody knows there's a twist in the movie, but it's still one of those movies that if, if you know one person who hasn't seen it, you're like, stop listening to everything i'm saying just go home and watch it it is it is the example i give of the movie i didn't know there was a twist in and blew me away yeah um i just i didn't know i was supposed to be looking for a twist and i love that i wish i had that more you know i it's it's one of the things i like least about m night movies even though i love m night is i i it's always predictability my, well my brain is always trying to figure out the twist instead of just watching the story and let him tell it how he wants yeah whereas with fight club i didn't i didn't know there was a twist i had no clue and then it happened and i was like what yeah so yeah good i love old, that good old fincher he makes movies that are good good old fincher number four uh peewee's big adventure oh that's really good that's really good <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, it's when well, you went a little crusty, the clown there at the end, but that, that's all right. He laughs like that too. Um, yeah, just the the whole thing. I'm a loner, Donnie, a rebel. I like the tequila dance. Yes, of course. Or when he's in Texas and he's like, you know, you're in Texas. He's like, you prove it, and he's like, the stars are right, are being right. <laughs> oh, and everybody Paul sings Rubin. deep in the heart of Texas. 
Um, the Alamo stuff, the basement of the Alamo, you know. Yeah, it's. I know you are, but what am I? It's it's such an iconic movie. It's so great. Was Pee Wee a big part of your childhood growing up? No, not really. Okay. I mean, I remember when Pee Wee's Playhouse came out, um, which I think was after the movie. I think the movie was kind of what introduced everybody to him, and yeah. then his uh, his TV show came after that. I I remember watching a couple episodes and you know reveling in the weirdness, but no, just that movie was what it was for me. I watched that movie over and over again. Nice. Um, yeah, starting with that amazing breakfast scene. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my number four. Yeah, what's your number four? This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, I had that in my honorable mentions. This one goes up to 11. Fun fact, on IMDb, you know how they have a rating of 1 through 10 for their movies? Yeah. Spinal Tap is the only movie where you can rate it up to 11. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I uh, like that. I love that. I think uh, Rob Reiner was the director of the 80s. He made mm. the best movies in the 80s. Yeah. Like, Reiner did some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got more of his on the way so i won't talk about the other ones but uh it's quotable it's so funny and it's so unique mm-hmm. it, that whole did it start mockumentaries was it, it the first pe- well people consider it the first you know it's like one of those things where you know people consider uh, the ipod the first mp3 player yeah where it's like it's the first because it's the first that everybody had and everybody knew there yeah. you know the the diamond rio i think it was called or the rio that came out before apple yeah. ever had done it there were mp3 players before the ipod yeah but everybody can so it's kind of like that there were mockumentaries before spinal tap but it is what made mockumentaries a thing nice okay so, yeah i think that's fair it's so funny it's so funny i can see uh people back back in the day just not getting this movie like they're like wait is this real is this a real band <laughs> why have i never heard of them I want I wanted them to go on tour. I would have gone to see him. You know, the the best or closest experience probably to that would probably be American Vandal on Netflix, you know, where I can see yeah. people watching that and going, "Wait, is, is this, this real? Is this real? What is going on here?" Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what what's the what's the city where they are st- stuck backstage and they can't find this the stage and you just they're always going hello delaware or something like that and they just can't find the stage and they just keep screaming it over and over uh, again uh oh. yeah i've actually only seen spinal tap once oh so, really? yeah I, do you remember stonehenge i do oh god i love that movie so much i want to watch it now i'm probably gonna watch it today yeah i should watch that more i should watch that a couple more times it's definitely worth it yeah uh want to go on to number three you're number three this is the one I was wondering, is it technically a cult classic? I'm going to say yes, even though the, you know, like the the same thing like you said with Fight Club. It's kind of my Fight Club. Uh, 12 Monkeys. It's a it's a cult classic. I think 12 Monkeys is a cult classic. Yeah. Um, Very loyal fan base. Uh, including me. Yeah. I love this movie. Uh, I love everything about the world building. I love everything about the characters. I love how weird and strange it is. I love how it handles time travel. I was going to say, it's probably the film I would look at that handles time travel the best. I I totally agree. Um, uh, At least a linear idea of time travel. You know, if you want to start talking about multiple universes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I don't know how our brain's supposed to really deal with that. But if you want to actually deal with time travel in your brain, 12 Monkeys allows you to do that. And I find that fascinating and wonderful. Speaking of Brad Pitt. (laughs) Yeah. That was his first Oscar nomination. Uh, And he's great in it. 
Um, he, I really love his performance. I've heard some people talk about it being too over the top or too weird. I'm just like, I don't know. I think for that movie, yeah, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. And I've never seen him do anything like it before that. And even really after, I'm trying to think of a performance he's done that's that messy. You know, after no. Twelve Monkeys, yeah, I, I think th- that's I, it. I think it's his best performance in that way. Bruce Willis is so good. Yeah. And uh, what is what's his name? David F- uh, Fincher is that the actor's name? David Fincher's the director. Yeah, uh, yeah Dave. It's uh, he. Uh, ah, it's gonna drive me crazy. No, now. that's fine. I'll look it up. What were you gonna say about him? Uh, I just I think that's his best performance too. David something. Twelve monkeys. No, that's the show. I want the movie. Oh yeah, I never saw the uh, the show. Have you? You ever know, seen the I show? didn't either. And it's one of those things where I didn't. I don't see a David in the cast for Twelve Monkeys. Um, so David Morse. Okay. He was Dr. Peters. Oh, it's showing me the TV cast. That's why. See, you, you did the Google, exact same thing I did. Come on, Google. Shame. Yeah, I never watched uh, the show. It makes me sad that Google thinks people want the TV cast. They probably do. Yeah. That was a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah, it was. And uh, Terry Gilliam's movies, speaking of, my number three. Yeah. Monty Python and, and the, the Holy Grail. That's my number two, so we'll just okay. go ahead and talk about it. Nice. Uh the most quotable movie of all time. It's not even doubt for me. Yeah. It's not I like I can't even think of something that's close to as many different quotes that I continue to say with friends and have said with friends and yeah. I I probably watched that movie a hundred times. Yeah, easily. Um the only movie that would come close and it's not even close is Airplane. Sure. But but Holy Grail is the creme de la creme quotable lovable movies and the only reason why it's not my number one is because there's one other movie i think that people are more passionate about Mm -hmm. and one is just more personal sure yeah you've got two movies which has which has to be said for a cult classic it has you have to be passionate about one so yeah yeah i think it's it's I think if we were doing like the definition of cult classic, I think Monty Python might be number one. Yes. You know what I mean? But these are our lists, you know, best ever according to us. And so I know we've actually probably both got the same one of the same ones above it because you've got two above it, right? Yeah. Well, so go ahead and do your number two because all I've got left left is my number one. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's like we. I think we talked about it last week. We were talking about John Goodman and Jeff Bridges' performances. Yeah, and whew, it's it's so good. The chemistry between those guys, the uniqueness of that story. The Coen brothers just show how versatile they are. I was going to uh, at one point. I thought about just putting Coen brothers as one of my choices <laughs> because because they are their directing career is almost a cult classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Big Lebowski is certainly definition of a cult classic. But you could say, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is a cult classic. You could say Raising Arizona is a cult classic. You could say Hudsucker Proxy is a cult classic. You could say, you know, like you could just go down. Not so much No Country for Old Men. No, no, it's probably. (laughs) That's just their best movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But Fargo even, you could say, is a cult classic. So it's just interesting. It's like they are a cult classic machine. Yeah. Um, And so I almost put them as their own choice, but then just decided, you know, not not to put any of the movies on there, but maybe, you know, talk about it afterwards. But I'm glad you brought up the Big Lebowski because that's probably the one that most people would say. Yeah. How did you feel about the Super Bowl spot? Bringing back the dude. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Okay. But did you see the commercial? No. With the dude in it? No. Yeah, it was. What was it? No, it was just, I don't know. It just made me sad. Oh, <laughs> no, just because, 
just because everything is so commercialized and it's oh, like oh no you know. that's that's the exact opposite of what the dude is i know right he's so not that he's just the dude yeah know? i don't know it didn't it didn't speak to me although big lebowski isn't necessarily one of my favorites so oh, okay um I don't, I don't hate it it's just not like you know up at the top of the list for me i gotcha so uh, yeah we have the same number one is the princess bride it's the princess bride i think that's the right choice yeah <laughs> you can't I don't think I can love a movie more. It's not my favorite movie, but I yeah. just love this movie so much. It you want to talk about a passionate fan base? Yeah, quotable. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides Monty Python, man, I think this would be like the number two spot for like the go-to cult classic movie. I totally agree. Um, part of what we do with the Cinema Sins videos at the end is we do those outtakes, you know, where we'll put like pieces of other movies mm-hmm. over the current movie we're doing, that kind of thing. I my go to is The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Like I use it, you know, every other movie. You could throw Inconceivable through anything. You know, there was uh, just recently there was a movie where two people were going in for a kiss, but it was really slowly or whatever. So I played some of the theme from Princess Bride, and then the <laughs> stop that, stop that. Yeah, you know, what kind of movie is this? You know, oh. so there's just there's so much there that's beautiful. The as you wish. Oh, my sweet dear Wesley, what have I done? The R.O.U.S.'s? I don't think they exist. Uh, yeah. And all that Dread Pirate Robert stuff is so great. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Even at the end, whenever Andre the Giant is like, I'm the Dread Pirate Robbers. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Um, yeah, See, he's just so building up the immunity. I okay, like, I mean, it's just it's all and one incredible. of the best sword fights ever. Yes, that yeah. sword fight between Wesley and, and Diego Montoya mm-hmm. is probably one of the best sword fights in like cinema history. It's really good. You know, us having this conversation <laughs> is making me doubt what I said about Holy Grail. I think Princess Bride may give it a run for its money with quotes, like, I, there are so like moments in quotes. If there's a movie, it's got to be The Princess Bride, right? You think more than Airplane? I, I think so, yeah. I don't know. I'm not an airplane aficionado. Oh, okay. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just because I've seen Princess Bride so much. Yeah. But, I could see that at Princess Bride giving it a run for its money, but I would still go with Holy Grail being the creme de la creme of cult yeah. classics. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's our best ever cult classics. Um, let's just throw out some honorable mentions if you've got them. you got a couple yep. more. I do. The Room. Yeah. It's yeah. a cult classic. I, it is. I just, uh, you know, it for all the wrong reasons as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, yeah it is. I, I love that movie. It's so bad. Like it's, unironically or ironically? Ironically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. Uh, the Boondock Saints. Yeah. That's a good That's a good call. I, that's a fun movie. Uh, Office Space. Yes. Yes. I uh, didn't, didn't want to forget to mention that. Uh, Army of Darkness <laughs> is another one. All, all of the Evil Dead movies are great i think i like army of darkness the most out mm-hmm. of all of them it's the most culty classic-y yeah i don't know evil De- the first evil dead is up there with really it just seems, i'm i mean from what i understand i haven't you know watched it a lot but i thought it was just like a horror movie well yeah it is but it's it's like what you know sam raimi he like put his official stamp on the world with his evil dead i think that if you were to watch like the show ash versus evil dead it relates more towards Army of Darkness. Like mm-hmm. that, there's more comedy in Army of Darkness than 
what you would see in like Evil Dead or Evil Dead yeah. 2. And I do have to mention, even though I don't think it's a great movie, you know, we have to mention things like Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, it's kind of the very definition of what a cult classic is. Sing-alongs and everything. Yeah. And, and for me, though, you know, that's not a great movie. It's just a, a huge cult classic. Yeah. You know, for others may disagree. That's fine. Um, Heather's. I think is another one. The Julia Roberts movie. Julia Roberts, or, really? I, I, not Christian Julia. Slater and... Um, what am I... Oh, I was thinking of... Never, I'm totally thinking of a different movie. Yeah. She's not in it. Have worry. you seen Heathers? Uh, probably. It's Winona Ryder, Christian Slater. It's a high school movie. It, is that where he like has this pirate radio station or whatever? No. Okay, then I'm no. thinking of a different movie. It, it, it's actually a weird watch now with the school violence stuff that happens because it's a movie about school violence mm. but it was before that was like you know a thing that yeah. you know people that you know uh, teenage terrorists yeah you know before would do. columbine and all so that yeah, stuff. yeah exactly so it's fascinating in that way because it's completely a satire um but it's definitely a cult classic and then i would also mention tron i think that's another one that you know, yeah kind of holds up as a cult classic yeah so there you go. If you have any that we missed, feel free to hit us up. Feedback at siftpop.com. We'd love to hear your choices, or you can just tweet at us. Uh, before we head on to the Sift Quest for this week, we'd like to remind you that you can be a member of Sift Pop. It starts at 3 bucks a month, and there's some perks depending on what level you want to be uh, have at your membership. Um, there's, of course, the, uh, the members pre-show that we record every week. That's available to you in your own podcast feed. Um, this week we read a negative iTunes review <laughs> on our pre-show. So if you want to know the negative thing, the one negative review, uh, you'll have to uh, check that out and hear that on the pre-show. Uh, also, um, a monthly hangout, video hangout um, that we do is there as well. So if you've ever thought about being a member, we'd highly appreciate it. It helps us to do what we do and helps grow Sif Pop, uh, continue to grow what goes on here. So thank you so much for your support in that way. Um, and since since we're talking about your amazing support, another way you can do that is to leave review. Let's go ahead and read a good one. Uh, this is from JG Loser Force Four. It says very entertaining, a splendid movie podcast consisting of several very amusing segments, uniquely covering different aspects of pop culture. The hosts are relaxing yet fun and speak with great knowledge about film and television. Thank you so very much. Appreciate that. If you'd like to leave uh, a review or a rating at iTunes. Feel free to do so. That's a Rocky Road review right there. What's a, What do you mean Rocky Road? Well, it's better than vanilla. <laughs> Inside joke. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. Um, this one comes to us from an anonymous uh, um, person via email. It says, with all these fancy Disney live action films coming out, which DreamWorks movie? you think should get a live action restart being the same plot character settings and all that um i found this a fascinating thought experiment yeah and immediately when i started doing and by the way thank you for this immediately when i started doing this i was like um this is a really bad idea <laughs> like the dreamworks movies don't really work as live action movies do they i found one that works i think i have two okay. um that might work i will say right off the the bat <clears throat> shrek is the worst idea ever as a live action movie yeah am i wrong about that no no can no. you imagine the live action shrek i think what dreamworks realized is the movies they make animated would only work animated with very 
very very few exceptions that's fascinating to me yeah i was just going through the list and i'm just like you know how to train your dragon no not really um i'm surprised i figured out of all of them you would say that how to train your dragon would kind of lend itself you know maybe it's because i love that movie so much i don't want to see the live action Mm. you know i think the anime maybe that's true i mean maybe you could do a live action of that i guess with the right special effects people was that the one you were saying no okay all right um, I will start uh, Rise of the Guardians. That was one of the maybes for me. I, I think you seen could. The, I haven't seen the movie. That's why I didn't officially choose it. And I think it may actually be the best choice to okay. do because it wasn't really well loved or, you know, people weren't necessarily all over it. But there's some interesting concepts in it. And the characters are interesting, and it's an interesting world building thing. I think Rise of the Guardians actually might work for DreamWorks as a live action. But that, you know, that's, you know, that's a lot of that has to do with the fact that not a lot of people have invested in it, you know, yet. Yeah. So, interesting. My official choice is El Dorado. Mm. I think I don't El- think I ever saw that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, El Dorado's great. So tell me about it. Uh, two idiots uh, get stuck on a boat that take them to South America and they stumble upon the lost city El Dorado, the mm. city of gold. And it's all about them uh, being captured by the natives. And since, you know, they're uh, white, they kind of get mistaken as gods, you know, and stuff like that. And they're trying to escape with the gold. And then they realize these are good people and we should protect them. And they need to also keep them safe from people like, uh, who is that Spanish uh, pillager in South America? What was his name? I don't know. Oh. Don, not Don Quixote. That's, <laughs> he didn't make it past the windmill. Um, let's look this up real quick. It's, well, it's going to drive me crazy. No, that's crazy. fine. Go ahead and look it up. I will say other ones that uh, that I looked at that I was like, nope, would be like B-Movie, um, Over the Hedge. Oh, uh, it's called Road to El, El Dorado. I should say that. Yeah. Um, Boss Baby, Home, Madagascar, uh, Kung Fu Panda, Trolls. Like None of those make any sense as a live action movie. Mm-hmm. Cortez, that's who it was. So, so yeah. So, I do you think I should see that movie? Like, is it worth seeing? Yeah, I really All do. Right. Um, it has a pretty good cast. You got Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh, Armando Santi, hmm. Edward James Olmos, and it's narrated by Elton John. Interesting. I actually have two more. I was wrong. I actually had three that I wanted to choose. I'm going to save uh, what I think is um, is the one I would love to see the most for last. Okay. Uh, the second one I chose was Megamind. Um, I never I, saw Megamind. I think you could make Megamind into a live action movie. Um, the problem is there's already so much superhero stuff out there that it becomes a little strange. Like, it, it, you know, I think it suffers from some of the same stuff that Glass suffered from, which is we just live in a different superhero world now. So that idea feels less. Yeah. It feels less important, less interesting, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the one I want to see the most uh, is Prince of Egypt. See, they've already done it, though. That's why I didn't pick it. Mm. They've done the Prince of Egypt? Yeah. Uh, what was the one with uh, Christian Bale and uh, the Moses story? The Moses story has been done so many times well, live yeah, action. No, but I meant specifically the Prince of Egypt. Like, specifically those songs, that plot, you know, like the the specific way it put the Moses story on the screen yeah. I thought was was very interesting. Yeah, of course, you know Heston's done Moses, but yeah, but I mean that specific 
you know, journey through that story I thought was really cool. Don't get me wrong, I like the movie. It's mm-hmm. just I've seen the Moses story done a plethora of times. But don't you think if it were if it were if it were marketed as the live action version of the Prince of Egypt, like that's different than just another Moses movie? Maybe a little. Okay. Maybe a little. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I just love that music and I love Oh, you it's know, great music. That stuff. So the what was it, the Ten Plagues of Egypt song, Let My People Go or whatever it well, was? Well the My Deliverer is the you know, the big, you know, rousing number. Yeah. Uh, at the end. But um but yeah, so anyways, I think that that would be the one I would want to see the most. I want a camera focused on an anthill and I just want them to play the audio from ants, you know, <laughs> for two hours, just nothing moving from that anthill. <sighs> Drop like have them like shake a a cup of termites on top of it, you know, for that section of the movie, and then scoop them out afterwards. Just having uh-huh. Sylvester Stallone. And then you're gonna have Gene Hackman in there being mean, and Woody Allen being just use the original soundtrack, you know, all the voices and everything. No, all so the I'm lines saying, just play just, the audio, yeah, and then just and just have a camera focused on an anthill. I listen. I don't understand why that's not on YouTube already. Yeah. Um, all right, you ready to finish off with some buried treasure? Yeah, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for that Sif Quest. If you've got a Sif Quest you want to send us on, uh, make sure you hit us up. Feedback at SifPop.com. Um, what's your buried treasure this week? Uh, it's a re uh, one that I've already done. I'm just reaffirming how good it is. A mobile game called Marvel Strike Force. It's so good. People, play. Is it, it. something you've like picked back up? Uh, picked back up recently? Never stopped. Okay. It's just, it keeps getting better. So, I have a confession, and you're going to be really mad at me. Am I? Yes. Okay. Um, I checked how much money I've spent on this game <laughs> through microtransactions. You're, you're not my child. I'm not gonna yeah, but you're going disappoint- you. to be disappointed in me. Like, oh. So disappointed in you, yeah. Andrew. So, uh, take a guess. How much do you think I've spent on this game? Well, based on the fact that you think I'm going to be mad at you, yeah. I'm going to go high yeah. and say $125. That's that's pretty low. <laughs> How much have you spent on this this mobile this game, Andrew? One thousand three hundred and fifty two dollars. Oh, Andrew. Yeah. Over a grand. Yeah. Andrew. I know. But that, I when love you think when you think of that, I mean, hey, listen, you, your dollars, your choice. But when you think about it, how does that make you feel? Well, I it was way more than I thought I'd spent. I thought right? I'd spent like yeah. six or seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, for <laughs> just six or seven hundred. Well, yeah, considering I knew I'd spent a lot. Yeah, but I play the game every single day for at least three hours a day. Yeah, so I'm definitely getting my money's worth. I think it equals out to like five dollars a day for how long I've been playing it. That's still a lot of money, man. It is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I mean, think of think of the. You can do a free to play version of this game. I am, you know how Danae is really competitive in uh, Clash of Clans? Yes. I'm really competitive in this one. Yeah. If you didn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a leisurely gamer just dropping over a grand on a game. Like I said, you can do a free-to-play version of this game, but I don't. I'm competitive in it. Well, listen, I appreciate the honesty. I think there are a lot of people out there who will identify you know, with that honesty, and it doesn't sound like you're. It doesn't sound like you feel overly guilty about it. It just, you know, it sounds like it was it a was surprise. Shocking. It was shocking. Yeah. Um, if it were me, I'd be thinking of all the things that I could have bought with a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, including amazing televisions. 
Um, I already got I already got my 4K TV. <laughs> so that's that's how my brain would be be yeah. acting. And if it were one of my well, children, they would be here, grounded. Here's, here, <laughs> not dead. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, here's the thing. I'm a single guy living by myself. Sure. Just I can. If I had a family like you, I would definitely be really upset with myself. Yeah. But it's just me. It's my money. I earn it. I spend it. It's fine. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I will say I understand the words you're saying. I understand. The, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to identify with them, but I do understand yeah. them. I, I just here's here's how I looked at it. So I worked uh, just half a month, like less than half a month paycheck mm-hmm. went to this game i'm fine with that yeah yeah that really is the best way to look at money is how long you have to work <laughs> is it worth it to you so you're yes. saying for the fun of this game you're willing to work half a month labor yes you know yeah i i, I think that is the way to perceive yeah. finances um it's just yeah. a lot of people can be like um well why don't you just go and buy a playstation game for 60 bucks and i'll be like you could yeah but I haven't played a PlayStation game for 224 straight days, three hours a day. Mm. Yeah. And there's actually a uh, a counter on the game for how many days you've s- uh, sequentially mm-hmm. lo- logged in. Sure. So, yeah, 224. I'm listening and nodding, and then with my other hand, I'm scheduling, a, I'm scheduling an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, I, I participate in the Google Rewards, so I get surveys every once in a while from yeah, Google, yeah, yeah. and they, you know, they pay me 50 cents or 70 cents or whatever. And so I've got like 25 bucks in my you know, Play account. Yeah. Um, that every once in a while, if I see an app that I want to buy, like I'll buy an app. But I, I, that's I literally pay for everything I do on my my phone with surveys that that I've done through, um, through that Google. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Google. Oh, I have an iPhone, so I don't, is it Google Play? Well, Google Play is the store, but rewards, Google Rewards. Okay. So yeah, I found that to be yeah. beneficial. There you go. By the way, the game is about you know you can just have. All the Marvel characters from all the different properties, and you get a, a turn-based uh, action game, and each one has like healing characteristics or combat or defense, you know, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. So Andrew's uh, treasure is literally buried in the buried treasure. Yes. Uh, no, it's buried, not buried. And buried it's, in it's the Marvel buried game. In, it's a buried in Fox Next Vault. That's the developer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my buried treasure is related to Netflix's. I have a feeling it will be for like the next 10 years. <laughs> it just feels like every week Netflix has something that I'm checking out. Yeah. Uh, there are a few things, in fact. In fact, next week, maybe on the episode, uh, might talk a little bit more Netflix stuff. But I'm going to talk about High Flying Bird. Uh, this is Steven Soderbergh's new movie that's on Netflix. Um, it is a movie about um, an NBA player during an NBA lockout and about his agent. And I I really liked this movie. Um, so- High-flying bird? Mm-hmm. Soderbergh has my number, man. I just I like the way he makes movies. I like the way his you know uh his characters work in his movies i like his shot selection he's been shooting on an iphone for the last several years so this movie shot entirely with his phone and so it allows him and you can tell in this movie the shots he's getting you couldn't get with a regular camera you know he's 
taping his phone to the ceiling. He's, you know, I say taping, securing his phone to different places. You know, he's in tight spaces with the way he's, I, it's just, it's really cool stuff. And I think he's doing great work and the movie itself is interesting to me. Of course, I'm a basketball fan. So I found that part of it fascinating. I'm very upset so far. I have not found Larry Bird in the credit or the cast of this movie. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Larry Bird. But you want to talk about a cast. This movie's great. Yeah. You got, Zaze Beats, mm-hmm. Bill Duke. Oh, I love Bill Duke. Zachary Quinto. I'm yeah. assuming that's the agent. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. I mean, I think he is an agent, but an not agent. the agent. Yeah. Andre Brower, I think, is the the main agent. Is that right? Did I get that right? It was Andre Holland. Andre Holland. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. And I'm assuming Melvin Gregg is Eric Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ball player. Yeah. So it, it's really, for me, it's one of those movies that just locked me in and I just, I loved the story. I loved what was going on. I love the thinking it makes you do about what is the future of sports because this idea that, you know, the players get locked out from the NBA over trade, you know, over disputes with the owners. And then it's like, well, why do they need the owners in today's culture? Why can't they set up three on three tournaments and, you know, one on ones and, so like, why can't it be like boxing, you know, where each mat, you know, one-on-one matches millions and millions of dollars for these guys, you know, and you have, you know, seats that are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's an interesting thought, you know, experiment that this, this movie allows you to take. So uh, I enjoyed that part of it as well. So again, that's called High Flying Bird. It is on Netflix, just came out, uh, Steven Soderbergh's new movie. Um, I think quietly one of our great directors, you know, the last several years. Yeah. So I'm changing my buried treasure because I don't want people spending thousands of dollars like me. Watch the UFC event tonight, people. It's going to be a good one. You know, you could probably do the math on how much money you've spent on UFC pay-per-views and it'd probably be up there as well. Well, some most UFCs I go to like uh, there's like uh, steakhouses and stuff around town. They just, ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just show it there and I mm-hmm. just like get some food. So I just say I'm going out and then I'm gone for four hours and <laughs> It's a, it's a lot cheaper than buying a $60 pay-per-view. That is true. Yeah. But tonight is the style of Bender versus the spider Andre Silva. Also, you got Kelvin Gastelum fighting for the title. It sounds to me like maybe you need a UFC podcast. <laughs> I'd do it. I really would. Because <laughs> I don't know any of those names. I really would totally do a UFC MMA podcast. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. Oh, yeah. You just listen to the Joe Rogan experience. He always has his fight companions because you know he does the. Uh, he's a he's the commenter for uh, all the UFC. Oh right, events. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'll just stick with movies. That's okay with me. I I don't need to make my way into the the sports the sport of MMA. Oh, but you're a sports guy. You like just think of it like I if like I basketball. Were, if I were to start mentioning, you know, some, I don't know any current uh, basketball player. Uh-huh. Steph Curry. Who? Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Him. Sure. Um, but if you were to talk 90s, like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you know. Isaiah Thomas. Rodman. <laughs> we'd have fun there. Uh, yes, we would. Magic but you know Johnson. what? We have fun talking movies. Yeah, we do. That That's works something as well. we can mutually <laughs> share our quote unquote knowledge about. Well, there you go. We did a podcast. Yeah. It happened. We set forth on this day yeah. to cast a pod. And that pod has been casted. You know, I have easily spent more money on movies than on that game. <laughs> That's right. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It's all about perspective. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media. 
or you can search for Studio DNA in your podcast player, and they'll all pop up there for you. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming by. Thanks, buddy. Eh? You can catch him at Flick Freaks on all the social medias. I am at Aaron Dicer. Uh, you can also follow us at Sif Pop on Twitter as well. Much love and gratitude to our members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode, as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Also, your support going to be directly helping Sif Pop expand this year to some fun new areas. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Pop. And finally, lots of ways to connect with the show. You can comment, rate, or leave a review at iTunes, which we very much appreciate. Or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than recovering from stepping on a Lego. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week to chat more stuff. Um, I'm not sure exactly what is going on next week, so it'll be a surprise. Uh, But we will have a uh, SIF spoil in your feed right now for the Lego movie, so you can feel free and download that and listen at your leisure. See you there.